Hello and welcome to our big match build-up show as Saints prepare to take another trip to Merseyside this weekend and a visit to Anfield and currently unbeaten Liverpool in the Premier League. Now Merseyside has not been a happy hunting ground recently for Saints and we were made to wait just that little longer to return to Premier League action last weekend with Monday night football. But it was a Desmond that denied Saints of perhaps an important victory against Brighton, but it does seem another case of deja vu is creeping in once again. But on to this week's show, and ahead of Liverpool, I speak to one half of the dynamic duo from the Saints FC podcast, and we discuss the Brighton game and try to discuss how we can keep Liverpool's front three quiet. No one could keep those three quiet. You know, and then even at the back, they've got Virgil, for Christ's sake. So even if you, you know, even if you get a sniff, you come up against what, who I believe is the world's best centre-back. You know, they've got an incredible team. And if you get past him, you've still got to beat Alisson, you know, one of the world's best goalkeepers. It's going to be really hard for Saints. Um, all we can, I mean, if we, if we were to get a point at Anfield, that would be an incredible result. And I think would restore a lot of belief to the team. And I also get the chance to speak to our opposition this week in the form of the Red Men TV and I ask why this is the first game of the season that is not televised for Liverpool seems like 3pm kickoffs are unfashionable why aren't we on telly for this one we're the best team in the country you know what I mean we're the most exciting team in the country to watch surely Sky or BT or whoever it is would want us on every week um, maybe they know how these games against Southampton go you know we've struggled over the last few years against you really certainly when Claude Powell was there so do let us know how you're watching or listening the episode is now available to download on most audio platforms in the links below and in the card above my head if you're watching on YouTube. Join us later on for your top tips on away pubs near Anfield and some alternative travel uh, arrangements this weekend and also next weekend to Wolverhampton. So feel free to leave a comment and join the conversation on anything we discuss in this week's show. Uh, do leave us your thoughts and predictions, but now it's time to kick off our build-up for Liverpool versus Southampton. Quick disclaimer though, we did record this before Liverpool beat Paris Saint-Germain in the last minute of the Champions League on Tuesday night and ironically we couldn't foresee Firmino's recovery from an eye injury and eventually to go on and score that winner on Tuesday. So welcome along to our first half of our big match build-up show as we approach Liverpool and another trip to Merseyside this Saturday. Midweek matches mess up my body clock big time and both of us before we come on air, we're rubbing our eyes, we're going to power through this. Uh, I have to stay up and edit for you guys uh, this week, but I'm delighted once again to be joined by one half of the dynamic duo from the uh, Saints FC podcast. Tom, it's good to see you again. How you doing? I've, I'm been better Freddie been better but how are you doing I'm all right we've we've just briefly talked about uh, the Brighton game but uh, it is a case of the inevitability really isn't it yeah it's the sickener it's you know it's coming 
Um, and it's almost like you're praying that they screw it up. But the problem is the teams in the Premier League, they've got good quality players. And if you present them with a chance, uh, they are going to score. And last night was just the horrible inevitability of it all. I mean, I almost thought from the moment they got that free kick, you just knew that, you know, that they were going to score and get straight back in it. And that's what they did. But you know, it's, it's really unfortunate for Pierre Mahuiberg, you know, busted it along again, you know, sort of Monday night, as well as he did sort of uh, so well against Crystal Palace a few weekends before. And we talk about his goal, but it's almost sort of masked masked by the same old story for for Saints failing to defend the lead sloppy goals to concede a free header once again a case of deja vu I mean how can Saints find a way out of this mentality you've got to hope psychologically they're not starting to if they're not already they're probably starting to really worry about how they're going to get results now the Crystal Palace game uh, which we were at was was fantastic they they seem to sort they play with abandon but more freedom away from St Mary's St Mary's has almost become you know the opposite it to what the Dell was. So Mary's has now become a bit of a an albatross around our neck. And I think that, you know, if you look at our record, is it two wins this calendar year at home? It's, it's terrible. And, mm. you know, I feel for them because they played so well in the first half. They were that, you know, probably the best we've seen from Saints in two or three years, snapping into every tackle, um, converting the play, moving the ball around beautiful. I think players like Redmond, you mentioned Hoiberg, Lamina, the fullbacks all had really, really strong first halves. And you do wonder, it's almost like that touch of they don't believe in themselves because instead of just going about Brighton and, and saying about them again in the second half, they sat back and you could see within seconds, Brighton's tails were up. They knew Saints were there for the taking and, and you know, we got lucky almost with the penalty. But it sort of, the penalty was an anomaly. It didn't really interrupt the flow of the game, which in the second half was all Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. For the first 45 minutes, you thought we should go on to win this game quite comfortably. But like you say, complacency perhaps creeping in once again for Saints. It's weird. Like, it's basic stuff, isn't it? Does does your head in. If you watched that first goal last night, we play a really high line. Uh, you know, Vestergaard and the team play a really high line. But McCarthy doesn't come for it. Now, you know... I don't know much about football, but you've either got to do one or two things in that situation, haven't you? You've either got to have a goalkeeper that comes out and commands that box and gets that ball away, whether by punching it or catching it, or you've got to play a line, you know, back towards the goal line so you can dig it out. It was so obvious what they were going to do, and you just don't understand how Saints, who are a pretty big, strong, physical team, seem to get that so wrong. It's almost you know, Sunday league stuff. Do you know, it's it's almost sort of a, a case that's been repeated all across all the forums, across all the comments on most of the pages. You know, we're lacking a leader on the pitch, but one player I'm particularly impressed by is, is Pierre Mujibar once again. We seem to talk about him every single week, whether he's getting sent off, a wonderful goal, a winning goal, or an absolute wonder goal um, last night. I think his assessment after the game in his post-match interview was smart and honest. And it's, you know, let's not forget, it's not the first time that Saints media team have put Pierre-Emil Hoiberg up for an important post-match interview. I can't remember, was it last season? I think maybe it was the Chelsea game. I can't remember, but he was the one to sort of front up and say, you know, we've got real problems. We need to be better. We need to be more professional. And he did it again last night. So, yeah, he is a leader. Um, I don't see, you know, I think, Bertrand is a, is a good captain, but if we can keep in the Premier League, which sounds like a stupid thing to say after five games, if we can keep 
Pierre-Emile, he seems like a captain. He seems to galvanise players around him. Last night, he snapped into every tackle. Um, yeah, every piece of control was flawless. He was always being positive with the ball. Um, yeah, he seems like a first choice. He's got to be first choice almost on the team sheet now, along with Danny Ings. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's a shame that his goal, I think he's got to be an early uh, goal of the season contender. Yeah, I mean, we talk, we scored two really good goals already this season, I think. Um, but, it, it, you know, unfortunately, that's not what the game's going to be remembered for. It's going to be remembered for another capitulation at home. If you look like Bryson, I mean, like their away record is awful. Mm. Absolutely awful. They, they've they scored, I think, only two goals or three times away from home. They've never gone on to win. And they've got something like four draws in something like 23 Premier League games away from home. They were there for the taking. And ultimately, like you say, the game will be remembered from a, a position lost from a wing, a winning position again, and another free header. We must be top of the league from points lost from winning positions. Well, I think it's 13 points now from 13 Marquis games that we've lost from winning positions. It's five, is it already? Uh, this season um, is really, really worrying. It's, I think it's mental. It has to be a mental problem the players have. They don't seem, even with the addition of Vestergaard, they don't seem to really believe in themselves uh, when they when they go in front. And it's a real shame because if you look at some of the performances last night, I think you could argue probably Lamina had probably his best game probably since the Palace game last year. Uh, Hoiberg probably definitely I think had his best game in a Saint shirt. Um, Redmond was fantastic. You know, there are, this is the thing. There are lots of positives. Uh, you, you know, Redmond last night looked like a well-beater. And I think with Gareth Southgate in the audience, players like Redmond and Danny Ings uh, and Bertrand are going to be knocking on the door of that England squad. But the problem we've got is we've had five games now. Of those five games, you would think we probably could have won four. You know, that, it, it sounds silly. We're never going to get anything at Everton away, but we could beat Burnley at home, should beat Brighton at home, you know, and we could beat Leicester at home. So, yeah, those are the other three games. We we should be now have accumulated points so that we've got this horrible run of games coming up. We've got what Liverpool, which we're going to talk about, Wolves. I think Man City are in the mix. Bournemouth away, which you're not guaranteed anything at all. And Chelsea uh, and Chelsea, and you know the problem we've got is if we lose those games, all of a sudden we are in the we're in deep doggy doo doo as we head into Christmas and you know we've played games that we've got to pick up points and we don't seem to have learned from the the last two years at all and, and that's the worrying thing we're three managers in sort of half a different team really but this sort of jinx is sort of still hanging over us yeah and it's all about belief and, and you know I think based on some of the interviews and people that I speak to yesterday we still believe that we will be okay but you know at the other end of the spectrum I think it's about time we do get onto Liverpool you know they're tied at the top of the current Premier League with five wins out of five they're front free everybody talks about them of course but how can we keep those three quiet well, I don't think I mean no one can you know I don't know what the score is in the PSG game tonight but I'll be amazed if, if Liverpool don't score at least one no one can keep those three quiet you know and then even at the back they've got Virgil for Christ's sake so even if you you know even if you get a sniff you come up against what who I believe is the world's best centre-back you know they've got an incredible team and if you get past him you still got to beat Alisson you know one of the world's best goalkeepers it's going to be really hard for Saints um, all we can I mean if we, if we were to get a point at Anfield that would be an incredible result and I think would restore a lot of belief to the team because we're not you know right we lost a couple of games I think certainly against Leicester we were very unfair fortunate to lose um, we've not had a terrible start to the season but you know we, it's just worrying that 
the, you know, mentally, where are the players like today when they go into training this afternoon? Like, what were they thinking? What's the atmosphere? Is it starting to get a bit poisonous? And you do wonder. I, I sort of raised a few points on on Twitter earlier, and it's like, one of the main things I have real concerns about is is Shane Long. I love Shane Long. I think he's brilliant. I, you know, I, I wish he would play almost every game. But if you look at our first eleven last night, we probably only had what. 20 first team goals for Saints in that first 11 Mm. there's no goals in that team having said that I don't don't know what the answer is you know if if I knew I'd I'll be a manager and it, I don't think Mark Hughes knows what the answer is either. Yeah, well, well, last time we did visit Liverpool, we were schooled by Salah and like you say, yeah. Van Dijk is now on the team but last time we went there, he wasn't interested. He was, you know, looking elsewhere but Van Dijk, let's say, he's showing all the qualities that we knew he was capable of and so far they've only considered two goals in the league. You know, he looks like the player that we all knew he was uh, and he was for Saints until he, he lost his way a bit. I think we're going to really show, I mean, I don't want us to say, I don't want us to, but, you know, chapeau to the Saints fans who make that journey because, you know, we could be on a hiding to nothing on Saturday and fair play to anyone who does it. But, hey, you know, stranger things happen in football. They've got, you know, they've got to not win a game eventually. So you never know. Yeah, so I pick up on that point. Strange things have happened. So last season, I actually read in this week's programme against Brighton, Danny Ings and Salah's got a little goal-scoring bet on. So Salah outscored Ings by 43 goals last season. <laughs> so uh, currently, Danny Ings is outscoring Mo Salah. I mean, another goal on Merseyside would, would do nicely uh, this weekend. Yeah, he seems to have given Saints a real something extra, a real bit of quality up front. I think he's, and I do think he's galvanised the fans. I think he's galvanised other players as well. If you look at look at Redmond, I mean, Redmond is, I feel sorry for Redmond. He just needs a goal, doesn't he? I think one something goes in for Redmond, no matter how it goes in. And I, I think you'll see him transformed even more. Um, you know, we've got players that can hurt people, definitely, with Danny Ings and Redmond. And, uh, you know, we've got, and Elianusi looks like a very good, Good player, but you know, even him, arguably, Elianusi should have scored against Palace. He should have scored last night. You do wonder about the belief of these players and, and whether they can, yeah, you know, if they can even think they can go to Liverpool and get any sort of result. So, those of you that haven't read the program from Brighton, the uh, the reward for Danny Ings apparently will be half of Egypt. If Mosala outscores Danny Ings, then he just buys him a coffee. So, uh, if um, if we do go down at Merseyside, I think we'll be sick of the sight of it uh, once again. And you know, another game to look forward to in a few weeks' time. Well, I'm not so much looking forward to another get trip to Goodison Park in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, like Saints do not have a good record, do we, on Merseyside? It's just not not been a happy hunting ground. I don't think, to be fair, this season, I don't think uh, Anfield is going to be a happy hunting ground for anyone, probably. I think they're strong favourites to, you know, along with Man City to win the league. But like I say, you never know. If the, if Mark Hughes can keep the atmosphere strong, if he can keep the mentality strong, if he can get Lamina and Hoiberg snapping into tackles, roughing people up a little bit, you know, Danny Ings is on good form. Shane Long, you know, last time we did well at Anfield was Shane Long. So, you know, let's, why not? Let's have another one. Yeah, and Shane Long will be adored by, uh, you know, Saints forever for that goal in the semi-final. So all of that being said then, Tom, um, belief is what we need to put into the uh, the mentality of the players. Um, What do you think the score will be on Saturday? Well, my heart says uh, I think we'll do one all. My head can't. I'm sorry, Saints fans, but I can't see us getting anything. And I think, you know, if we can get out of there without being absolutely spannered and with our heads held high, then I actually think, you know, 
without you know conceding four or five goals, then that's a, that could be a decent result. Like in terms of the mentality for the team going on into some difficult games. Mm, absolutely, Tom. Thanks for joining me once again, and I'm sure we can catch up on the uh, the next episode of the Saints FC podcast. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Freddie. So a big thanks to Tom for coming over from the Saints FC podcast this week. Be sure to check out their review show on Monday and hopefully to discuss a positive outcome from Anfield. But I do think it is fair to say we've set our expectations quite low this weekend. A visit to Liverpool, though, wouldn't be complete without popping into a boozer or two and they have plenty to offer. Now, if you're planning a drink around the ground, the closest pub to the away end is the Arkles pub on the corner of Anfield Road. But be aware this place does fill up quite quickly with home fans and away fans and often spilling out onto the street. If you want to take a little walk down the road, down Anfield Road, you'll also find the Flatiron pub who will accept home and away fans. But also this place can get quite cosy. It is a quirky little pub based on the Flatiron building in New York. So one two pubs to consider there if you're out of ideas near the away end but if you are staying in the city centre then there's plenty of uh, pubs to offer for everybody but if you are also looking for alternative travel to Liverpool to get there and back in a day then why not consider our friends uh, coach travel providers Southampton away travel now the coach ticket is less than £30 uh, with 14 available pickup locations inclusive free food and drink 4G Wi-Fi and onboard entertainment and that's just not referring to Keith on Coach 1 there are limited uh, seats available to Liverpool uh, but why not consider the coach for the weekend after and a trip to Wolverhampton uh, The all of the above is available and the coach ticket is £24 pounds or less than 24 pounds and head over to Southampton away travel.co.uk to find out more but I think it is now time to speak to our opposition in the second half of our match build-up show and this week I catch up with the Redmen TV so welcome along to our second half of our match build-up show and the chance to speak to our opposition another trip to Merseyside this time the red half and joining us this week from the Red Men Studios Chris from the Red Men TV and first of all mate before we get into it a big crack and congratulations on 300,000 subscribers well, thanks mate yeah it's um, cheers appreciate that it's mental to be honest with you I can't believe it like it's uh, eight years of of just talking about Liverpool and it's mental like it's crazy that it's got so big to be honest um, shall we talk about uh, last night's football then the uh, another sort of historic European night you're still grinning from ear to ear 3-2 another spectacular for the TVs uh, I've seen so many clips I mean how's your voice after all that it's not so bad you know normally it's completely wrecked but it doesn't feel like it is yet um, which is strange I was you know we, I was in the cop we were singing all game um, obviously um, it was loud it was really really loud but it's funny hearing some of the fallout saying all you could hear was the PSG fans it's mad I didn't hear them once I could see them and I could see that they were singing and I could see that they were good fans and they really were but I didn't hear them we were just as loud I felt anyway back to domestic matters though still oh. unbeaten in the league 5 out of 5 only conceding twice albeit sort of a, a late consolation at, at Wembley and a kamikaze Cruyff turn from Alisson leading to the Leicester goal I mean how's it been so far? 
been great, mate. It's been absolutely brilliant. And I think part of that's down to the fact that Liverpool aren't playing very well. Um, you know, we played well last night against PSG. That was our best performance of the season. But turning over one of your rivals for a top four place in Tottenham Hotspur at their ground without really clicking, without really hitting top gear. I think if we were sat there watching a Manchester City side as, as a Liverpool fan doing that to Tottenham, I'd say, oh, that just shows you how good they are because they haven't actually played as well as they can do and they've turned over one of their rivals and that's what Liverpool have been doing there's a newfound steal to this defence thanks to your former player Virgil van Dijk Um, he's lifted everybody in a defensive sense like it's it's chalk and cheese what's happened to Liverpool defensively over the last six months yeah, and we, we knew all the qualities uh, that he was going to take to Anfield as well. But uh, the, the first five games, all on TV, do you think uh, the Reds were playing up for that? I mean, this is the first game this season. You're not on TV coverage. I mean, how does that how does that feel? I didn't even know until you told me, mate. I genuinely didn't have a clue. Like, um, why aren't we on telly for this one? We're the best team in the country. You know what I mean? We're the most exciting team in the country to watch. Surely Sky or BT or whoever it is would want us on every week. Um, maybe they know how these games against Southampton go. You know, we've struggled over the last few years against you, really, certainly when Claude Powell was there. You know, his record against Klopp was, I think it was something like two wins and two uh, two draws for, for Powell's, in for Powell's favour. And it's not until he moved to Leicester where Klopp picked up his only two victories against him. You know, Southampton know how to set up against this Liverpool side um, they know what makes it difficult for this Liverpool side crunching that space in the centre of the park and stuff um, kind of thankful that Danny Ings isn't going to be playing to be honest with you because he looks like he's in a bit of form so we all know about your uh, your front three everybody knows about Firmino Salah Mane sort of the, the roles have been reversed somewhat so far this season Salah's not quite firing on all cylinders just yet Mane's a top scorer and there is a, an interview in, in, in this week's uh, programme against Brighton that uh, Danny Ings has got a little bet with Salah this season to outscore him yeah um, good luck with that one Um, mainly from the fact that you know we create more chances than you guys and I think we will score more goals than you guys Um, I rate Danny Ings I really do I think he's I love what he brought to the football club I love that endeavour that he shows that aggressiveness that willingness to get in and and put pressure on uh, opposing defenders and he's got a good he's got a good strike rate as well Um. He had two massive injuries at us and he wasn't getting in our front three. And I totally understand why Klopp's let him go because he's a humanist first and foremost. And Danny Ings gave us all. You know, Danny Ings probably wanted to go January last season. Klopp said, we'll use you between now and the end of the season. And he didn't get those opportunities. So I think everybody at Liverpool is really happy that he's doing well there because we all knew that he could do well and he's a good striker and he wasn't getting the opportunities that maybe his work rate deserved. Um, But flip side, Salah, yeah, he hasn't quite looked the player of last season yet. Obviously, there's still that World Cup hangover that people are talking about right now. He came back early off an injury, which seems to have been forgotten somewhat. You know, for all the talk of his shoulder injury in the Champions League final, no one's talking about him rushing himself back to try and help Egypt out in the World Cup and that might have affected his form in this area part of the season he's still a danger he's still getting into good positions he's just not as clinical as he was last season but thankfully teams are worried about Mo Salah and that kind of frees up the other two lads to go and do their business a little bit more yeah, and last season when we did visit Anfield, Salah gave us a, a lesson on how to score goals. He scored us in the afternoon and it was a miserable trip there and a miserable trip back. I remember it being grey and overcast and I think it was raining a little bit. But uh, what sort of team do you think uh, we'll be playing on uh, on Saturday? Um, there were two changes from uh, last weekend in the Champions League 
uh, tie last night. There was two changes in in Henderson and Sturridge for Cater and, and Firmino. It wouldn't surprise me to go with a very, very similar side again. I think Klopp will probably be looking at the Chelsea game in midweek following the Southampton game in the Carabao Cup to make his changes. Um, I've got a feeling that Klopp's going to go as strong as he possibly can. I think Kaita probably does come back into the side. Maybe we might rest someone like a James Milner or something, you know, 32 years old, just played two games in the last few days for us. Maybe he'd be the guy to come out. He's played every game so far this season. As far as Bobby Firmino goes... I'd imagine that he's going to go back into the side and we might see the likes of Sturridge again on Wednesday against Chelsea. I think it's fair to say that if we have a, a spirited performance and keep the scoreline down, anything sort of a one goal conceded or less, you know, we'd be absolutely delighted with that. Uh, and perhaps a draw would help us kick on. I mean, how are you feeling with the uh, with Mark Hughes visiting uh, Anfield? What's, what's your prediction for Saturday, mate? Listen, the way that Liverpool are playing at the moment and the confidence that they've carried over from hopefully the Champions League game and stuff, we should turn up and win the game of football and that's what Liverpool have become good at over the last few weeks certainly but also towards the back end of last season there's a there's a real fight in this squad now that you know they can they can come from goal behind they can win it in, in, in games of football in many different ways and that's what we're still seeing we're still seeing this side evolve and it's not hit its peak yet but again those games against Southampton have always tended to be quite difficult over the last few seasons so I, I think Liverpool will win old Liverpool would, would have drawn or lost this game so it's actually a really good measure for where we are uh, as a side right now because Liverpool of 18 months ago or, or, or last year would have drawn after two big results against Tottenham and PSG so we'll find out where we are by the results against Southampton I think and by the end of the season is this going to be your year? <laughs> It's a difficult one for me because I think my brain still says Manchester City have got the best squad, they've got the best players, they've probably got the best manager. Klopp's probably the best manager for us. Um, and he's, you know, it's very, very close between the two of them, but you can't argue with Guardiola's trophies. Um, but there's a genuine belief that Liverpool can win the league. And I've always had hope that Liverpool can win the league, Freddie. Blind optimism, some people might call it, or delusion, whatever. Hmm. I call it hope. I, I really do believe that we can. We just need a few things to go in our favour. OK, great stuff. And Chris, uh, big thanks for joining us. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, cheers, Brad. A big thanks once again to Chris from the Red Men TV for speaking to us this week. Uh, be sure to head over to their channel for all your Liverpool needs. They're doing a wonderful job and recently hit 300,000 subscribers. A great job all round. But that does pretty much call full time on this week's show. Remember to leave us your comments, any thoughts, predictions, expectations, whether it's high or low this week with a visit to Anfield. A big thanks for watching and listening. We'll catch up with you at Anfield. Come on, you saints. <laughs>